Today is 9-11, and I'm going to tell you one of the many things I think we got wrong. Also, social media etiquette. Something happened to me, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. And we're not Morocco, but are we prepared? We'll talk about that today. Uncensored. Unfiltered. Unhinged. It's the Corelcast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. It is the Corelcast. I am Corel, and it is 9-11. And, you know, Andrew died in 2001, right before 9-11. And the pain of Andrew is still with me. The regret, the loss. However, it doesn't debilitate me anymore. It, it can. I call them grief tsunamis where you get a wave of grief. Uh, and most certainly, I, I can find myself openly bawling about it. Um, but after 21, 22 years, Time doesn't heal all wounds, but it scars them. It scars over them. And 9-11 was an incredible wound. Now, there may be 21 and 22-year-olds listening to me that were not alive when it happened. That's scary that there is a generation now that grew up uh, after it happened. And I think it's important you know, not to sensationalize, not to, not to make, I think it's important that we revisit it. I mean, really revisit it. And Encyclopedia Britannica and news agencies have put together a little four-minute video of the chronology of what happened that day, from the hijackings to the plane at the Pentagon to the Flight 93 that we always forget about that went down in the field, uh, to the World Trade Center. And the, the video is stirring, and I have it here for you, and we're going to take a look at it right now. So this is 9-11 on 9-11 as it happened. American 11, are you trying to call? The cockpit is not answering their phone. Our number one is in staff, and our five is in staff. I am going to call from Washington. I am in a situation where the American is learned a possible hijack. What's going on, Benny? The crap is erratic again. Problem, very erratic. Betty, talk to me. Betty, are you there? Betty? Betty? A plane just is going to what? It's 737. Hey, what? Like the world Who are you talking to? Oh, God. Oh, my God. United 175, New York. We have some problems over here right now. We might have a hijack over here, two of them. Jules, this is Ryan. Uh, listen, on an airplane, that's been hijacked. And things don't go well, and it's not looking good. I just want you to know I absolutely love you. I want you to do good. So happy to find uh, things to my parents and everybody. And I just totally love you, and uh, I'll see you later, sir. Hi, babe. What are those people going to do? Oh, all the elevators are blocked down. Oh, my God. So both towers are now... Okay, now we have a I got an aircraft that's out east of the White House. 
Crystal City, just north of Crystal City. Just to the north of your town. Yeah, stop all the parkers. Pentagon just got hit. Pentagon just got hit. Goddamn, I can't even protect my NCA. United 93, that traffic three is 1 o'clock, 12 miles eastbound 370. Negative contact, we're looking, United 93. United 93, Cleveland, if you hear the center right then. They got some pieces off. Keep remaining to be. Tuesday, 9.47 a.m. Hi, baby. I'm, baby, you have to listen to me carefully. I'm on a plane that's been hijacked. I'm on the plane. I'm calling from the plane. I want to tell you I love you. Please tell my children that I love them very much. And I'm so sorry, babe. I hope to be able to see your face again, baby. Six eight six five. We have, uh, I believe, it is a uh, Boeing seven fifty seven. Can you see him up there, sir? That's concerned. Uh, it looks like he's rocking his wings. Roger. He's rocking back and forth. We're five six eight six five. I advise you stay away from that aircraft. Go north as fast as you can. United nine three. Have you got information on that yet? Yeah, he's down. He's down? Yes. When did he land? He did not land. Oh, he's down. Yeah, down? somewhere up northeast of Camp David. Honestly, I just want to let you know I love you, and I'm stuck in this building in New York. There's lots of smoke, and I just wanted you to know that I love you. What is... At number two, I'll tell you to drive. Maybe there's two of us in the I'm going to die or not. No, 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 no. Say your prayers. We're going to think positive because you got to help each other get off the floor. I'm going to die. That's a new type of war. That's what it is. I, um, I've seen that video now three times today and um and um and it brings me right back to those moments i was downtown on kfi radio i went because andrew was gone and i thought what the hell if i die i die i i really thought that and we really didn't know what was going on the towers hadn't fallen yet and i was in front of the ernst and young building live on the radio watching people evacuate the high-rises into buses the city streets empty with no cars, and it was so like a disaster movie. I remember getting the call from Larry Flick at Billboard, who was in the Viacom building, you know, and he said a, a plane hit the tower. We, we don't know if it's a traffic plane or we don't know what it is. And I said, Larry, get out of that building. He said, no, it's probably nothing. And then I got the call from KFI, and I wasn't really working there at that moment because Andrew had just really died and we still didn't know what to do with me. And, and they said, go downtown. We, we have, a, you know, we, we think it, there's a plane headed towards the library building downtown, the big tall tower. And, and I went down there and the mayor was on the phone saying, don't panic. And, and it's, it's all good. And we're not evacuating. And yet they were evacuating. And then 
I was listening to Bill Handel when the second plane hit. And then I was driving back home through Long Beach, and there's a World Trade Center in Long Beach. And for some reason, I stopped. I don't know why. And I went inside and got on the radio and told them how everybody there at the Hilton, the World Trade Center, was glued to the lobby television. And there was like 100 people in the lobby, just all of us watching. And we watched the buildings fall. I was in the lobby of the World Trade Center in Long Beach watching the World Trade Center in New York fall. And we all were so stunned and so... Like, we didn't know what was going on. Is the nation under attack? Are our home safe? Are we safe? And like everybody on the planes and everyone in the tower that you heard, we were all picking up the phone and calling loved ones. Guy was on the phone to Karen. I was, you know, reaching out and, and trying to make sense of what was going on. That day was trauma. That day was a day like no other. And the notion that you should be at work today, the notion that you should be going to school today, we take a week off to celebrate the fictitious birthday of a fictitious cre creature in December. We take the day off to celebrate a, ca a calendar turning from one day to the next, from the 31st to the 1st. We take a lot of days off to, to celebrate, uh, you know, the fictitious rising of a, a zombie from the dead. Today, September 11th, should be a day that's a national holiday. Because you should be at home with your loved ones feeling processing feeling my next topic social media etiquette deals with the same as 9-11 make your device a whole lot smarter get the Corelcast app free at the app store of your choice now Sorry, I'm all verklempt. I am. I'm all emotional. I, I, I saw that video just now, and you can see it at youtube.com forward slash really Carell. And it just brought me right back. I was so alone. Andrew had just died. And, and you hear on that video people calling their loved ones. I thought to myself while watching it, what if you had no one to call? You know, I texted a friend of mine an inquiry if he wanted to do a job. And he sent a text back saying, no, my bandwidth is full and it's not really about the money. It's that, you know, personally and professionally, my plate is full and I just can't. And then he posted a rant on social media about that text. He even posted the text or his response to me. That took me aback. I privately texted someone. They privately texted me back. And then they screen capture that text and put it on social media. They blacked out my name. 
He was doing it to illustrate that he's burned out, that he's, you know, had enough. And then he does this rant about self-care and how right now he's not the dependable guy. He's not the guy you call when you need something. You know, he, he's not the family member you call right now when you need something. He's got to take care of himself right now. And that's fine. Self-care is great. But there's a difference between self-care and being selfish. And I thought I wanted to discuss the social media etiquette today of should you post, screen capture a text, and then post it online? The obvious answer to that is no, you shouldn't. That's not even a topic. I thought I'd make it a topic, but it's not a topic. No. If someone sends you a text, you should never post that text or your reply to that text. Texting still should be a private conversation. You shouldn't have to worry someone's going to put your text up online. But I guess now you do. But all the people in 9-11 called someone they loved. And if you're so into yourself and you're so into self-care at the expense of alienating your family, if you're someone battling an addiction and your attitude to your family is, well, F you, it's my life, and yet they're trying to help you, who are you going to call in that moment? Because it is clear when we feel that we're going to die, all we want to do is connect with those that we love, which means you should spend a lifetime fostering your family and your friends. You should never regret time that you have given to your family and friends. And yes, there are people that will take advantage of you. I've been taken advantage of so many times. But I, you know, I thought I regretted being 60 and having donated so much of my life and my time and my talent to other people. If I had concentrated more on me and a little less on Andrew or a little less on Thea or a little less on Jason or a little less on Daniel or a little less on this person or a little less on that person, if I had reserved some of that time for me, and where would I be today? Would I be that wealthy entertainer that I really still want to be, financially secure and able to do my art? Able to have shows and finance shows and travel and bring you the podcast that I really want to bring you, which takes money? Would I be that person? Maybe. But then I wouldn't be this person who has shown so many of his friends the world, literally brought them with me to Ireland or Paris or New York or Florida or shown them everything about their town that they could possibly want, the best plays, the best restaurants, or just sat with them when they needed someone to sit with them or use my skills and talents to help them progress their career. I wouldn't be that person. And as much as I'd like to say I'd rather be the wealthy entertainer than the 60-year-old who gave away half of his life to other people, after watching that video, no. Because all we have in that end moment is the connections that we have fostered. And friendships, relationships that are worth anything, they take time. You know, you have to give of yourself, and there should be no limit on that. 
There's no limit to what you give to your children. There's no limit to what you give to your spouse. You give it all. What do you keep for yourself? They are you. Your friends and your family, they're not separate beings. They're part of you, and you are part of them, just like you're part of mankind. You should be doing all you can for your neighbors and for the planet. Why? Because they're part of you. And on days like 9-11, we felt that. There was a unity and a camaraderie after 9-11. That night, 9-12, 9-13, the Senate and Congress out singing together on the steps of the Capitol. We, God, it was wonderful. For three days, we weren't gay or straight or black or white or Republican or Democrat. We were Americans and we hurt. We hurt. And when we hurt, what did we do? Many of us turned to each other, even strangers. We found comfort and solace with each other. We are so far away from where we were on 9-11. We are so far away from the humanity that we felt at that time today. And we could talk for hours about how we handled it poorly in terms of politically, how we never should have aided Iraq, how most of those terrorists were from Saudi Arabia, our friend. We, we could talk forever about that. And we should because today should be a holiday. I go back to the fact that today needs to be a day where you reach out to the people that you love to let them know you love them. Because if you were on one of those planes, you would have had one call. And who would it have been? Who would you have called? Who would have been the last voice, even on an answering machine, that you wanted to hear? Who? Think of that person right now, and why aren't you talking to them? Why aren't you calling them right after this show and saying, I love you? It's 9-11. And on this day, people lost their lives. And they lost their lives thinking of others that they loved and how they were going to miss them. Strangers also helped each other in ways that we'll never even know. Strangers rushed into burning buildings to rescue strangers. That's God. You want to know what God is? That's God. Feeling a connection to a person on the 86th floor so much that you have to run up those stairs and try to get them down. That's God getting together on a plane and realizing that the plane's been hijacked and you're going to take it down before they can do what they want to do with it. And all of you, including a gay man, working together to do what's right, even though you know it's going to cost you your life. That's God. That's today. That's what 9-11 is. Not politics not war it's not terrorism it was humanity it was compassion 
If you're not visiting reallycorel.com daily, you're missing out. Get the podcast videos and the blog, including recipes, at reallycorel.com. That's really K-A-R-E-L.com. You know, I don't believe in God, but if you stand at the 9-11 Memorial in New York, you can feel the rip in the universe. If you haven't been, you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you've been, you know that when you stand there, you feel the tear in the universe from thousands of people being wiped out that fast. Just like they're going to feel that tear in Morocco, where 2,300 plus are now dead from an earthquake. A terrible loss of way too many people. And the United States is not Morocco, and luckily if we have earthquakes, we don't have that many casualties. But we're going to start having weather events that are going to be causing huge casualty events. And are we prepared? Are we, like Morocco, just waiting to crumble? It may not be from earthquake. But there's going to be winds in places there weren't. There's going to be floods in places there, well, there already is. It's happening. The heat has still not let up from summer. And we're not building cities to accommodate the future. So no, we are not prepared, just like we were not prepared for 9-11. We were not prepared. We were sitting ducks. No one had ever attacked in the United States up until that point. And now we know that it's not another attack like that that we have to worry about. It's sarin gas. It's someone having some horrible Ebola and being sent into airports and put on a plane. It's suitcase nukes and suitcase bombs. And it's people walking into grocery stores and malls with AR-15s and mowing down countless people because of their hatred and their bigotry. 9-11 was the opening of a can of terrorist worms that infected the United States. And now acts of terror in this country are accepted. So much so that 9-11 is not a holiday because I still haven't processed it, obviously, if I'm all worked up and crying when I see this video. You, if you let yourself actually feel what you were feeling that day, you haven't processed that. How can you? How can I process what happened in that ER May 20th and May 21st as my husband, my life, my on-air partner died right in front of me and I knew they weren't doing everything they could do to save his life? That desperation, that longing when they were pounding on his chest and they asked me, do you want us to stop? And all I could think about was, no, shock him, open up his heart, do something. That's the same feeling you felt on 9-11. The confusion, the chaos, the hopelessness, the, the terror. And now we live with those emotions. We ask our kids to go to school every day and possibly be victims. We ask them every day, go to school. You might be a victim, but go. We allow terrorism in the name of MAGA, the GOP. They're terrorizing trans people. They're terrorizing young women who need abortions. 
They have literal terror in their hearts. Did we learn nothing from that day 22 years ago today? The humanity that we felt for each other, why can't we find it again? Why does it only come out in the worst? And it does in all these weather disasters. Strangers helping strangers. Those Cajuns that get in their boats and go rescue people. The, you know, neighbors in Maui putting out fires for a neighborhood they don't even live in to try to save their houses. Why is the best of us always reserved for the worst times? Always. We are never better as humans than when we're at our worst. And today it didn't get any worse. It got, my, in my lifetime, Andrew's death, my parents' death, and 9-11. Those are days that just, you, how do you, you, you know, on 9-10 we all went to bed and we had no way of knowing that when we woke up early that next morning, everything in the world was going to change. We would establish a Department of Homeland Security. We'd start taking off our shoes and being searched, and airline travel would change. Everything would change. Muslims had no way of knowing that in one day they were going to become the most hated people on the planet, and hate crimes would soar against them. To this day, we still won't let them live in peace and wear their burqas and whatever. We still hate Muslims in many ways. All because of 9-11. Today is a day in Morocco, they're, they're crawling out of rubble, just like they were in New York. In Morocco, the people there are joining together to help their neighbors, to help their friends, just like we did here. Thoughts and prayers are soaring for the people of Morocco, just like they were for the people of New York City for people on Flight 93, for people at the Pentagon, which I still maintain was hit by some kind of missile and not a plane. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I was just watching live on TV. So today is a day of emotion, and it should be, and you should feel many, and you should have the day at home or at work with your loved ones to feel those things. And you should remember that in that video, even though people were... In acts of terror, they reached out to people they loved because that really is all that matters. Your job, they didn't call their boss. Your job doesn't matter. What you spend a majority of your life doing doesn't really matter. What really matters are the people in your life. If you're not fostering every friendship that you can, every relationship with family that you can. If you're making more enemies than friends, and I don't care if you've just got one person to call, just one. That's enough. One good friend, one wife, one husband, one daughter, one son, even if you've only got one call to make, if that call is to your dog sitter to tell them to take care of the, the dog that you love the most in the world, whatever, you you. Just make sure you've got something to love and something that loves you back. Because 9-11 proved that's all that mattered. To the people in the towers that were making the decisions to jump to their deaths 
their loved ones are all that mattered. To the firemen and the policemen and all of them that lost their lives that day or 20 years later from the cancers that they were exposed to. All that mattered to them was helping, saving people. Today is a day that we should learn about ourselves and about humanity, not about politics, not about the geopolitical causes of 9-11, not about conspiracy theorists about the, the towers coming down. No. Today was a human day. I am Carell. You be who you want to be so long it doesn't hurt anybody. We'll be back on Wednesday. I'm so glad you shared this time today on 9-11 with me. And that video was a lot, wasn't it? It was a lot. Hey, it's Carell. Amber and I would like to thank you for joining us today and remind you there's a way to never miss a thing, and that's by subscribing right now to my YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button below or go to youtube.com forward slash really Carell. That's youtube.com forward slash really Carell for a world of great free content. And that content is kept free by the fabulous group of patrons at Patreon. Why not become one and show your support for the show? Just $5 a month or more and you're in. Go to patreon.com forward slash really Carell. That's patreon.com forward slash really Carell. My website is reallycorel.com and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, really Carell. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free Corelcast app at the app store of your choice. And then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free Corelcast app. Remember, I am Corel. Be who you want to be so the odds don't hurt anybody. And subscribe and participate today.